Log Talk Radio. who are in need of financial 
consultation as well as your music artist who needs some help with your management of your career. And we will also be playing some new music from some new artists that Kevin represents as well as some of our other artists. Thank you for coming to MCM Promotions. Uh, my guest, Kevin Nelson, how are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, I want to welcome you to the show. I was very excited to have met you and talked with you. So I would love for you to give our audience uh, an idea of what it is that you do and how you can help them. Well, um, basically, I'm a financial consultant by trade. Um, I basically do everything from wills and estate planning, corporation structuring, credit repair, trade lines, check systems, deletions, and then I also work within the entertainment business as a music business consultant, artist management, and label consultant, which I basically have been working in the music business for mm, right around 20, 23 years now. So. Wow, that's a long time. So you, you've got a lot of experience, and I'm assuming you, you've had a lot of contact with a lot of people. So. Can you tell me, um, that which, again, what's the name of your company and where you Okay, um, what my financial consulting company is Worldwide Credit and Financial Solutions. We're based out of Los Angeles, California, and also out of Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm also the vice president and general manager of a music company, Chart Vision, which was recently formed. And that company, we basically specialize in label consulting, and we have several events throughout the year that helps young artists get in front of the A&R people and things of that nature that needs to hear their music so that they can pretty much, you know, get a deal. And we also help labels and artists with their financial aspects of their career as far as, you know, reinvesting their publishing income and things of that nature. Okay. Well, that sounds very interesting. I'm sure a lot of our artists that um, – come to the show as well as, you know, people listening in could use that kind of uh, assistance. Um, what is it that made you get involved in the business in that way? Well, um, I, I started off, um, I had a group myself when I was very, very young, and um, we actually signed a deal with an independent label in the Los Angeles area that was at the time being distributed by Motown. And, you know, after signing the deal, things just didn't really work out because it turned out to be a pretty bad deal. You know, we were all young. Parents really didn't have much background in the music business, and we didn't get the type of legal advice that we needed. And so from there, I just kind of had the idea that I really wanted to learn the business. So I started interning for various major labels from Solar to MCA. Also, I was over at Motown for a while and just kind of learning the business. And I was majoring in business management in college, so that's where the financial aspect of things came into play. So I just kind of over the years just merged the two with one another. And I've always, all my life I've been, I've had an entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, from lemonade stands to, you know, pumping gas, whatever it was, I just never really saw myself working for anyone else. I can understand that. <laughs> um, so now, um, tell us where you're at right now, because I, I would love the audience to hear that from your. Well, mind. right now, right now I'm actually at a. Um, it's actually a panel that I'm at, and the panel is actually the rise and fall and redirection of the black music business executives. And the panel was put on by Ernie Singleton, who's the former president of Black Music for MCA Records, and it's kind of a pre-Grammy event. 
And after this event is over, um, there's going to actually be a toast later on this evening that's going to be honoring Michael Malden, who's Jermaine Dupree's dad, um, Miller London, the president of Urban Network Magazine, and a few other music industry executives. So that's actually where I'm at right now. I was just about to ask what is the reception like because I know there might be a lot of background noise. Oh, okay. Well, we don't mind if, it's, if you can um, bring some of those folks over to the line. <laughs> <laughs> actually, the panel is the, the panel the panel is actually still going on. I just stepped outside to, in order to be able wow. to call in. Oh well, I appreciate you um, doing that for us. Um, well, we don't want to keep you and make you miss everything, so we're going to talk a little bit more, and then we're going to play um, some music from one of the artists you represent. Now, um, can you give us the name? of the artists that you represent right now? Well, right now, um, I'm working with two artists. Um, one, Troy, man, he's a young um, hip-hop artist out of Atlanta, Georgia. He's actually my little cousin, and he's winner of 106 at Park Wild Out Wednesdays twice. So we're basically in the process of just finishing up his project and getting it out there to the masses. And then also my business partner, um, Warren Griffin, who goes by the hip-hop moniker of Lack of Flaws. We're actually working on his project, and he's going to actually be the first artist off of our label, Chart Vision, which has distribution through Universal. Wow. So um, he's already going to be, uh, I would assume, uh, signed on already? Well, yes. Well, it's our company, and um, we, right now we have distribution in groups, which is a division of Universal. So it will basically be Chart Vision Universal that the project will be released well, that sounds very interesting. So, but as I said, um, I, I guess you um, had a chance to go over my bio and everything. Those are just the artists that I'm working with right now. But that has, you know, over the years worked with various artists from Ralph Tresler from New Edition to Brian Austin Green, who played on 90210. Um, I co-discovered Adina Howard. Um, in, I helped put the group Immature, which later turned into IMX together. Um, just various people over the years that I've worked with. Well, that's very interesting. Can you uh, give us an idea of, you know, any of the challenges that you've had and, um, you know, just trying to get those artists that you're working with promoted? Um, because we want to get an idea of what you as the professional have to go through as opposed to what the artists go through when they're on their own. Well, fortunately, most of the artists that I've worked with in the past have had deals with major labels. So, with that said and done, there were budgets in place. So, you know, I really didn't run into many challenges as far as promotion was concerned, but the main thing is being able to find that hit record. Can, can you hold on for one second, and I'll be right back to the line. Sure. And while we're waiting, we're going to go ahead and play uh, one of the songs that we have on our list. Okay, I'm I'm back on the line. I apologize about that. Well, we're gonna give you a minute, and we're gonna play um Troy Man, called Troy Man, called anything. Hope I'm having some difficult right, to talk today, so hopefully it'll go ahead. And play I actually have. Some, I, I, yeah, um, actually, as I said before, um, we have, we're expecting some really big things for Troy Man. He actually just got cast in a movie called Laying My Path to Rest, which is going to be starring Bill Nunn. So, you know, he's, he's a total, total artist all around. Model, he acts, he raps, he writes and produces his own music and everything. So, you know, we're looking for some really big things for him. 
Well, how very accomplishing for that young man. I'm very proud of him, and I hope um, that, you know, we can continue to follow up on the activities he's come across in his career. So please do let us know at each and every step, you know, what he's going to um, I'm going to go ahead and try to put on one of his songs and um, try to play it back for our audience so they'll know what we're talking about. And we'll okay. be right back with you in a couple minutes. Okay. Wow, that was 
he's a nice cat, and he doesn't sound his age. That's the first thing I would want to say. So he he's pretty talented. He really is. I think he's going to do well in the you know the industry that you have him going into, and like with movies and and who knows what could be next. So um, do you have the same type of uh, plans for your other artists as well? Hello. Um, I do have someone else in the audience in the 323 area code, um, uh, actually a 513. Um, Carla, did you want to ask a question or anything? Okay. Hear me? Yes. Okay, my name is Miss Nikki. You was on the line with... Uh... Hello? You still there, Nikki? Okay. Well, I'll wait for Nikki to come back on, and I'll wait for Kevin to come back on. As we know, Kevin is uh, at a, an event that's a huge event with the uh, pre-Grammy, and uh, I know he's doing a lot of work, so we're going to uh, wait till he gets back on the line with us. Um, but we're going to go ahead and uh, talk about some things that's going on with Indie Radio. Uh, we're actually going to take our radio show on to... Um, a bigger venue. We're going to WNWRAM radio uh, station 1640 in the Philadelphia area. Um, it's a basic um, wide range of, of, of variety music uh, for independent artists only. We're just playing independent artists because they don't really have much of a voice with the large radio stations that are already out there. This one caters to people uh, on an independent level, and we're bringing our show out there because they want to add a little bit more content. And they happen to like uh, the blog talk shows that we do here. Uh, despite the technical difficulties we have, we still thrive through the shows. Um, but with the radio opportunity, it gives us a chance to, you know, reach a direct audience as well as, you know, be able to uh, have our artists get more promotion. Uh, we're going to be starting that in March. That will be approximately uh, March the 14th. So I'm going to be doing some uh, pre-promotion shows to come up on that so that everybody gets to hear, you know, what we're going to be um, doing. And hey, how are you, sweetheart? So that'll be something like we're going to like that, um, <laughs> We have Kevin back on the line. Kevin, are you back with us? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. First, I thought it was your brother, but I thought it was your brother. Lots of background noise. Nikki, are you there? Uh, is, she, is she home or is she out? We had someone that was going to ask. I'm her. here. Are you there? Hey, Nikki, hey, what's hey, the question you want to ask? Hey, Nikki. Hi, how you doing? Um, my name is, that's good. <laughs> my name is Miss Nikki. I was on blog talk yesterday with DJS and she called in and shared some of her information that she was having a show today. But my thing is, I'm an independent artist, and um, it's hard, one, being a female, two, you know, I grind, you feel me? Like, my grind is heavy, you know what I mean? And it is not easy. Like, I don't know what people think, but it is not easy, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm out there, I'm in magazines. I've been blessed to do shows with Mia X, Gangsta Boo, the chat. Yo Gotti, like I'm in the I'm in the limelight, but at the same time it's still not enough because it's millions of people. You feel me? And I I'm still reaching out to people with my single that's called Uh Oh, 
So I just wanted to just say, like, it is not easy, and I just wanted any extra advice or any websites you can recommend that I can put my stuff on and, you know, mixtapes, just the whole shebang. <laughs> what's, what's your buzz like in your local area? What's my web? My buzz in what's, my city? What's your buzz in your, your city? My city, everybody know who I am. I ain't going to say everybody, but a lot of people out of 100% of people, about 80% know who I am from the radio stations to the streets to um, surrounding states in my in my city, you feel me? But it's not enough to where I'm, like, breaking through. Well, I, I ain't going to say that right now because I'm working on some stuff. But it's just hard, you feel me? And I'm always looking to network or gain contacts. You know, because one, it's time for a female. Two, I am the truth. But I let the people, you know, do that talking. You feel me? But it's just that time. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I will say, um, first of all, it, it's super hard for a female in hip hop. I mean, I'm just being totally oh, honest about that. I'm sure you, you already understand that just by being in the game. But you know, if, if, as long as if you out there grinding. The biggest thing, your your social networking gotta be on point. I mean, from the MySpace to the tweets to the Facebook to the LinkedIn. I mean, because people are getting deals. I mean, major deals right now, off of that social networking. So that would be my first advice to make sure that you're really, really, really creating that online presence. The same thing with the website. The same thing with the website. And when you performing, make sure you got somebody, even if it's a family member or what have you, out there putting together your mailing list because with email addresses. Because when you go to labels and you start shopping a deal, the first question they want to know is, what's your fan base like? And if you can show that people are going to support you, you know, better chance of being able to really, you know, make it happen. Um, I'll talk to you. You can get my number. You can get my number and call me offline, you know, and I can um, – you know, discuss some more things with you, you know, for the second time and give you some suggestions that may be able to help, you know, and maybe put you in contact with some people that I know that, you know, may be able to help make some things happen as well. Right. But you know what it is? I'm already, I, in my space, everything, you can Google me. Like, I've done the small steps, you hear me? And, and oh, I'm going to do that tonight. Okay. I'm yeah, a, just Google I'm me. A, yeah. I'm gonna do that tonight. So, um, so basically, you're doing everything independent right now yourself. You have product pressed up and everything. You don't have. Do you hear me? I go hard, baby. I have that. Do you hear me? But it's not enough to where I'm in that limelight and taking these tours with, you know, with Gucci and you know all them. You feel me? Because I'm telling you, it's that. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, I be getting super excited because people just don't know what I know. You hear me? <laughs> well, like, I'm gonna Google you tonight when I get in, and believe me, I'll be in contact. I mean, if it's hot, okay. I'll definitely be in contact for sure. Okay, and I, yeah. can by your, I believe by your passion that it's hot, I can see your voice. So, <laughs> thank you. Just keep grinding. Just keep, just keep grinding. I mean, yeah. you know, for real. Okay, um, Okay, how you um how are we gonna exchange information on the break? You want me to just hold on to a break? Yeah. Or yeah. I'm not sure how I'm gonna get his number and put it in the uh, chat room. I'm i just reopened the chat room, we're just having trouble opening it up. Are you online right now, Miss Nikki? Um, no I'm not. I don't know the website to go to, but I can if you tell me I'm on my computer right now. All right, just go to www dot blogtalkradio dot com forward slash 
MZN Promotions. Okay, and then you can log okay. into the chat. Or you can write down the uh, web address because um, I'll put his information on there for you too. Uh, okay. www.wmzn.radio.ning.com. And okay. if you want, um, Nikki, you can actually sign up free on that site and um, set up a profile for yourself because I'm going to have industry people looking on that site at all the artists that um, we come in contact with because once they get you on there and they see that you're going to start showing up on our radio station, that'll help with your promotion as well. And then just make sure okay. you have all your um, social networking contact information on there too. And I'm also going to make sure that Kevin's information is up there for you and the other people who are interested as well. Okay. okay. I'm going so, to the uh, site right now. <laughs> all right, Kevin. And thank you for and getting those uh, helpful answers. So um, good luck with your career. I'll stay posted with you. So just go ahead and sign well, in. I'll stay in touch with you, okay? Okay, okay. Thank you. You're welcome, honey. All right. So, um, Kevin, have you um, have you uh, seen whether or not the panel is done whatever they're doing yet? <laughs> I'm actually in the car. I'm in the car now, so I can get on my way to go get ready for tonight. Okay. <laughs> so I left out. I, I, so I can get, like I say, go get ready for tonight because it it starts at seven, so it's okay. a really short period of time. Oh, absolutely. So how often do you have to go to these type of events? All all the time. I mean, not as much as I used to because I'm always working, but. You know, we pretty much, um, I do a lot of networking because that's what it's definitely about in this business is networking as much as possible. So I say I'm networking at mixes and things like that at least once or twice a week just to stay out there. Wow. Well, that's what I always say you have to do. You have to network because you can't learn anything if you don't go out there and, you know, show up. And one thing about it, and one of the things about it in this business is really about relationships. I mean, it's right. really truly about relationships. So you want to build them as much as possible. When are you going in? I agree with that. I mean, you want to build them, and you want to build them with the right people. Exactly. You come across a lot of artists that you know might not have exactly everything they need to be ready, like the, their uh, passion or their you know their attitude. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of times you have artists that think they're ready when they're not. And the other thing is you have a lot of artists, you have a lot of artists that's not really, they're not willing to put the work into it that it takes. I mean, it's, it's like I, I, there's artists that I see right now that's been grinding in this business for at least 10 years, at least 10 years, and they still haven't gotten it done. And it's not because they're not talented. It's just simply because that time hasn't come for that particular artist. So, you know, you got to keep grinding. you got to be willing to work. You know, there's not really a thing called sleep in this industry, in my opinion. Some people feel it is, but I don't so And that's from an executive or an artist standpoint. You know, you have to kind of live and die this 24-7 in order for it to really pay off. And then sometimes it still don't pay off. But, you know, if you keep going after what you believe in, eventually it'll happen. Now, do you have much um, experience with artists who actually made it, maybe got signed and everything, and then maybe after the first album they were dropped? You know, like what kind of uh, uh, things happened after well, that? Well, 
that happens that happens a lot with especially today because the industry is so it's beginning to be so single driven again. So, you know, you have artists that may have a hot single their first single and after that they come back and it's the next hot thing or something happened that has caused people to kinda of pull up with them. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. I mean, like you even don't it's as hot as Chris Brown right now. I mean, or as hot as he was. I mean, one little thing has changed the dynamics of his entire career. I mean, I spoke to his manager of Tina a few weeks ago, and it's a, they really don't know what to do with him right now. And he has a hot record, but people are just not really checking for him. So that, that, that happens to some of the most successful artists there is. What kind of things do you look for when you're, um, when you're out there sourcing for artists? The first thing that I look for is the record. It, it, it has to be a hit record. And, I mean, being in the industry for so long, I can pretty much hear a hit record. And sometimes that's one of the problems, too. An artist may think that they have a hit record, and it's really not. There's certain dynamics that goes into having something that's going to chart. And when you go to labels, that's, a, that's what they're looking for. I mean, true enough, there's some artists out there that, I mean, for a better choice of words without stepping on anybody's toes, they can't really sing, they can't really rap, but there's something about that record that they have that's super, super, super hot. I mean, as an example, if you listen to, like, the track you just played by, by Troy Man, I mean, that's a song that we actually did two years ago. We recorded that record two years ago. So, I mean, but it's, it's a hit record, so and I'm not saying it because it's something I'm involved in. I'm saying it because that's the feedback that we get. And two years later, it's the same hit that it was when we came out the studio. So that's the first thing that I look for. The second thing is, as a manager, I don't like dealing with egos. I mean, because I've dealt with artists from that were at the top of their game to the up-and-coming artists. And I feel like egos ruin careers. Um, it, it makes it hard for you to deal with the labels as a manager. So, you know, I like for people to have their egos in check and really just realize that it's not going to happen overnight and, and remain humble, you know, remain humble and keep, keep shooting for the dream, you know. And if, if that's in place, then... I think that with my expertise on a hot artist, we can really make it happen. So now, um, me as a um, radio personality and also promoting independent artists, how would I go by uh, presenting you with any artists that I might think are pretty, you know, good that might make it out there? Because I know some may, uh, some may not. But what, what, what kind of steps would I take to get them to you? Well, uh, right now, I pretty much EPKs by email. You know, I check my emails daily, and I'm always listening to music, you know, downloading the MP3 files. Um, I go to MySpace pages a lot. That's, that's one of the mediums that even though it's starting to appear that people are not checking MySpace anymore, labels have new media departments that that's all they do is go to MySpace and YouTube and look for new artists. So that's one of one of the best ways for me to find artists or even to pique my interest is to have that online presence and have a high press kit, I mean, from, from the bio. And you don't have to have done a lot of stuff in order to have a great bio. You know, it's a matter it's a matter of how it's written and a good music, um, I like of course image is very important in this industry. 
You know, unfortunately, there's people that have great talent, but if the image is not there, it's really hard to break that artist. So, you know, I want to see a photo and see how the artist comes across image-wise and, you know, just a complete, just a complete package. Um, prefer artists that write their own material simply because the publishing is where most of the income is going to come in at. So as a manager, you know, I want to obviously be able to make sure that that artist is going to be able to generate a nice income in their career because as an artist, as just a performing artist, you're really not making that much money in the music business. It just doesn't really happen. And that's artists that are selling a million records, as an example. If you, have a, if you sell a million records, you go platinum, you have a recording budget of 125 which is average for a new artist, and there's another 150 to 200000 put into promotion, and then you have true support. By the time all of that's paid for a platinum record, if you have a good royalty rate of, say, 48 to 75 cents per CD that's being sold, you have to almost sell platinum plus in order to even recoup from your initial budget of your first album. So going into your second album, you're already in the hole. And this is the reason why artists have to make money off of their touring and their publishing. And with the 360 deals, which is what the industry is aiming towards now, that basically says that whatever you do as a record label, we get a piece of it in order to recoup the money that we've invested in your career because if it was not for the record that we made, no one would know who you are, so you wouldn't be able to do movies. You wouldn't be able to do television. You wouldn't be able to do endorsements. So, therefore, we feel as a label that we should be able to make money off of that as well. So the only thing that an artist can really guarantee to make money consistently and lots of it in the music business is by doing their own writing because the publishing money is going to always be there. Right. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Now, what what kind of advice do you have for uh, artists that are, like, trying to do their thing on their own without the help of a label, uh, money fronting, you know, all their projects? Well, as a financial consultant, with labels that I consult with, the first thing that I make sure that they do is get set up and properly structured. And what I mean by that is make sure you're incorporated. Make sure that you have your Dun & Bradstreet file set up. Make sure that you have your EIN number. And the reason for that is because then you can begin to build corporate credit. Once you have an 80 payback score with Dun & Bradstreet, which is equivalent to say, a 750 FICA score, then you can then start setting up credit accounts under just your corporation without the need for your personal credit to even be good or to act as a personal guarantor. So that gives you leverage that a lot of the major labels have because now you can do things like go and set up a corporate account with a 90-day net with Clear Channel or with BET or go set up a corporate manufacturing account with, say, Alshire or Rainbow or some of your other manufacturing companies suppress your record because, I mean, I'm aging myself by saying this, but, you know, there was a movie back in the day called Crush School, and they had a hit record, but they could not afford to manufacture the record. And that still happens today with a lot of independents. Well, they'll have a hit record, but they don't have the funding necessary to be able to capitalize off the hit record. So that's one of the things that, as a financial consultant with my company, Worldwide Credit and Financial, and as well as 
the chart vision, subsidiary, CBI, wealth, and asset management, that we kind of help artists and independent labels get structured where they can be able to compete as a legitimate business because, again, it is the music business, so therefore it's more business than it is music. That's the reason why the word business is larger in the word than music is. Wow. Well, that, that's some information that I personally will need from you because our next goal is to start our own um, independent label um, since we come across so many people. And that's the next step for us. Uh, we, we already started off with our radio show. We did promotions for people who don't have the budget to, you know, to handle their own uh, promotional team where they have people handling the Internet presence and, you know, getting the distribution out there. So, you know, we look forward to working with you and your company and getting any kind of advice and, you know, presenting any artists that might help us both out as far as, you know, getting them promoted. Because I do know that we get a lot of people who are pretty good, and it's just that they don't have the budget, they don't know how to get it out there, and having somebody like you is a big help to them because then they can learn. And then, of course, listening to other artists who have been through the ups and the downs. So now, do you have any artists that um, you've worked with in the past that haven't quite gotten their self back together, you know, as far as um, musically? You know, I guess... Um, well, um... I guess one of the artists that I would say that, and, and again, it goes back to the personal. I mean, they're really intertwined. I mean, you know, I've worked with Bobby Brown, um, you know, and that's, I mean, that's someone who, in my opinion, is still super, super talented. I mean, people don't even realize the multitude of his talent because of all of the other things that happened over over the years, you know, and... I mean, I know that he's right now working on some new material that's actually pretty hot. But what happens is a lot of times once you take that fall, it's really, really, really hard to, you know, get back on top. And, I mean, I've worked with a lot of artists that's no longer really actively doing music anymore. I mean, they're doing other things such as, like, the group, the Good Girls, that was, you know, hot on Motown when I was over at Motown. Um, one of them, um, the lead singer, she's modeling now. And so, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, branching off doing different things with the group Troop, you know, um, Steve Russell, who's the lead singer, even though they are doing shows as Troop again, you know, he's one of the hottest producers and, and writers in the business right now. You know, wow. everybody from B2K to he's written for to Tank to, you know, quite a few other people. So, what happens is once you get in the industry, if you're smart enough, even when the limelight is gone, you know, you can pretty much continue to do something within the industry to make money. I know because uh, the old the group from way back in the day, uh, Switch, the DeBarge family. Yes. I mean, they only did a few albums, and it's like they disappeared because a lot of stuff happened. You know, one of them went to jail, another one went yeah. away to jail. I mean, and then he just grew up, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening, but I know that they're still involved in producing and writing and things like that. It's just that. And Greg, Will- and Greg Williams, who's actually the founding member of um, Switch, he's actually one of my publishers. You know, he's a great, great publicist, and Switch right now is out actively performing again. In fact, um, the group performed for me and my wife's anniversary party um, two years ago. So, you know, they're out performing now again. So, Again, and his music is being sampled. I mean, Neo has sampled um, I Call Your Name, um, Rich Boy with Throw, Throw Some D's on it, sampled it. So they're continuing, that goes back to what I said earlier about publishing income. 
once you have a hit record, you're going to continue to make money forever, be it people sampling, be it synchronization rights in movies or whatever it might be. You know, the main thing is to be able to write that hit song. And it's more so in R&B than hip-hop simply because a lot of hip-hop music is not being sampled, per se, by other artists. I mean, very very few hip-hop songs are, are being remade, although there are some, such as, you know, Snoop Dogg remade The Vapors, and, you know, he remade um, that song by um, Slick Rick, um, Lottie Dottie. So, I mean, it yeah. does happen, but it's just not as much as R&B. Exactly. Now, um, do you, you work with all genres of music? Other than just um, well, well, um, I, I work mainly with R&B and hip hop. Um, it's, it's contemporary gospel. Um, I, I work with that as well, but mainly hip hop and R&B, and you know, that that covers the pop genre. Also, when you're speaking of urban pop, you know, I really don't work a lot with say rock or. Although I did have a rock group at one time that I actually got signed, but I really don't work with like rock or heavy metal or some of your other genres. Um, I'm thinking real serious about getting into country music because it's a genre that's not really tapped, especially in the urban market. I mean, it's really wide open. So, and it's the number one selling music in America, believe it or not, hip hop oh, being it, second. It is. So, Taylor yeah. Swift and you know all those folks. I mean, it's to me it's evolving to exactly. kind of fit with like the urban um, generation because it's not that Dolly Parton sound anymore. It's like you know they they put a little bit more in it. Sometimes I can't even tell the difference if it's supposed to be a country song or something else. And then exactly. well, so, well, some of your um some of your greatest R and B songs were once country songs that were just right. made as R&B songs. I mean, just like you used Dolly Parton as an example. I mean, yeah, Whitney Houston's biggest song, yeah, her I'll biggest song of her career, I Will Always Love You. Um, mm-hmm. I swear by um, All For One, that was a country song. So, you know, there's several country songs that's being remade these days with R&B tracks, and they're really great songs because most country songwriters are great songwriters. And it goes back again to what I originally said. is a great song will last forever. It's going to always live if it's a great song. That's absolutely correct. And when I hear, you know, songs like that, and I see the, the Grammys and the other award shows, and I see that country right up there with everybody else, and I remember back in the day, they were like the last ones to get their awards because there was that many up there, just the old old school country singers, you know, and they exactly. have to go get their own award show. So it's like African Americans have to go get their own award show. It's now, exactly. You know, it's kind of blending in together now. Everybody's across the board. Exactly. So now, do you have people that you re- refer the artist or the type of genre that you don't work with directly to? Cause I yeah, well, our company, we, we have relationships and alliances with actually all four of the major labels and, you know, several large independents such as Fontana and places like that. So I do have, I do make referrals in situations. Usually, you know, it's a finder's fee or, you know, we work based on a consultant fee or just depends on the situation. But, yes, we, we definitely do a lot of referring situations and we have the relationships. I mean, that's the main thing that a lot of people don't understand is it's really hard to just walk into this industry. You know, I, I came into the industry at 12 years old and 
at that particular time, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Right. And over the years, I was able to continue to build those relationships. And one of the reasons for that is because I was always committed to knowing and understanding the business. Therefore, I could sit in a room with the president of, say, Universal and have a discussion and know what I'm talking about, about the music business. You know, and I being in L.A., it does make a difference. You know, I tell people, you know, there's certain cities that you should be in if you're trying to pursue a music career. It does not mean that it can't be done other places. I mean, that's been proven by tax money with, and as well as No Limit with New Orleans. Yeah. And you don't have to be in L.A. or New York. However, if you're in New York, if you're in Atlanta, if you're in L.A., it's a lot easier because everything is a lot more accessible. You know, just like the um, the event I'm going to tonight, anyone can go, anyone can come. You know, it's not a an event that's just open to people that's already in the industry, although it's not widely advertised, but, I mean, anyone can come. You know, there's panels, there's conferences, you know, so it's best that if you're trying to pursue a music career that you should be in one of the cities where it's really happening now. Well, then what I'd like you to do for me, since I'm going to be coming across a lot of people and they're going to come to me for uh, questions um, when they can't reach uh, busier folks, um, you know, you keep me updated on events. Uh, so that I can make arrangements to come out there and to see what's going on, and then I'll be spokesperson for that event to the other artists, so they know what to expect once they get involved in the in the industry. So there's a well, lot most of definitely. No, you know. It's, it's well, no they don't know. Well, um, I sent you. Um, I believe you may have gotten a press release on our event that we have coming up on February 20th for the Be Seen, Be Heard, and you know, there's really some high-powered people within the industry that's going to actually be there, listen to the music, giving critiques. Um, if it's an artist that's not in L.A. that wants to send in their information, send in their videotape or their CD or their MP3, you know, we have a program where that can be done and they would receive a video critique of their music. And these people are signing, whether it's publishing deals, record deals, you know, if it's something hot. I mean, everyone's looking. At, one thing that I want to stress, these music business executives, there's a downsizing in the industry. So they're looking for the next hit in order to secure their own job. Everyone at these labels want to have the next Beyonce or the next R. Kelly or the next J.C. They, they want to have that because this is how they're going to secure their jobs. Otherwise, you know, there's no reason to keep an A&R person in that's not affecting the bottom line of the record label. That's right. That is absolutely right. So now, um, what I would have to say in regards to the MySpace pages, because we were talking about that, um, I've come across a lot of them that don't look very professional and they have a lot of stuff going on. Can you give our listeners an, um, a sample of what they should have on their MySpace page that people will be looking for? You should, if, if you're an artist, the main thing that should be on your MySpace page is your music, your bio, and any performances that you've had recorded that's coming from YouTube. And even as far as the type of friends that you have, if you're an artist, then your top friends should be people that's in the music business because it gives a total different appearance 
than if it's people that other people in the industry know absolutely nothing about. doesn't even mean you have to have relationships with these people, but it just gives your page a whole entirely different vibe. Right, and I agree with that because I've come across some of this. I, if I were looking for somebody, because I do look in my space. Matter of fact, I like to go out there to find people instead of waiting for them to send me, you know, an email or whatever. And I come across a lot of sites that have, you know, a ton of friends on there that might have like really inappropriate uh, avatars on there, or um, just a lot of stuff that you got to go through, and it makes it load slower. So if I was trying to find somebody right away, I wouldn't even stay there. I would go to the next place because I don't have a data way for that to load. Exactly. Now, I mean, at a point, I mean, like as an example, um, like with my my MySpace page, um, I I have my page private, where you really can't even get into the page without you know having an email address or what have you. But that's simply because. I use my page for so many different things. However, if I was an artist, the worst thing you could do as an artist is have your page set on private. That's, that's the worst thing as an artist that you can do is have yourself have your page set on private. For one reason, until you have a website that's professionally done, your MySpace page serves as your website. In fact, there's certain artists that's super, super hot that their URL for their website directs directly to their MySpace page. Right. Because it's the quickest way to get an online presence. It is. And and like you said, you know, when I go to artists, I don't I don't know certain information to put on there, so I might want to, you know, email them or tell them something or or uh, uh, promote them or something, but if I can't get on there, you know, I'm going to move on. Um, exactly. And, and, you know, it's on Facebook. Um, at another MySpace, at another MySpace, something that's very useful with MySpace is if you have a show coming up and you're posting your flyer on certain people's pages in the comment area, while you don't want to do that to the point where it's annoying, right. you can do it on certain people's pages, say like a P. Diddy or a Russell Simmons, because what's going to happen is you're going to get the same search engine optimization that they're getting. So when people go to their pages, which they're getting thousands of views per day, they're seeing your advertisement for your show or they're seeing your music player and they're playing your music and things like that. So that's another way to really just maximize the exposure that's available to you through MySpace and other channels like that. Right, I do agree with that. I also agree with um, when you're doing things like um, YouTube or other places where you can put tags, um, it would help to have some tags on there and list like your, your name and your type of music, so somebody does do a search and they're looking for music, and somebody said um, Troy Man, and then you put that in Google, it'll come up, everything that's under his name. And if you want to, uh, the YouTube, usually those higher social networking programs will come up before anything else. So CD exactly. sound click and reverb nation, all those things will come up first. You know, and then I always tell uh, artists to also get out there and, like, you know, talk to some magazines, or some local papers and try to get, like, some articles done on them, do some interviews on radio. Almost oh, definitely. You know, Most our, definitely. Our, I mean, our Internet radio is a great forum for artists. 
you can never you can never get too much PR. I mean, as an example, I, I, I have an interview that I'm doing in two weeks with Black Enterprise that will be out in the June intro. I mean, I've done everything from commercial radio to, you know, just everything. But there's, there's no such thing to me as media attention, no matter where it's at, that I'm not going to utilize and take advantage of because if one person, if one person hears that, you know, that's one person that I wouldn't have normally been able to reach. And the great thing about Internet radio and blog talk radio and things of that nature is because once it's done, it's always it's always there. So it's not even necessary about the people that hear you at the time that you're doing it. But over a course a period of time, you know, you may reach many, 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 many people and also, if that host that's on that particular Internet station, if they ever go into commercial radio and become big, people are going to start going back looking for the things that they did when they just had their Internet station. So that's going to give you more PR. So, you know, I, I always take advantage of any interviews, print, you know, radio. It doesn't matter. You know, local cable, if it's available, I'm there. Well, let me share something with you in regards to Internet radio. I've actually had my blog talk show up for a little over a year, and I've done a lot of different types of interviews. I've done a lot of promotion on those interviews. I've put banners. Like, I go to long distance with it. I don't just put a show up and that's it. With blog talk, you can download the interview. You can post that interview on podcast um, hosters. That's exactly what I did. So I get a whole lot of people all over the world listening to my shows because I post each show that I do in other um, uh, hosting forms. And like Podomatic, I'll give you as an example. I've reached so many different countries because I've posted there, and I've got so much attention and more listeners on Black Talk because of that. So like our show that we're doing right now, after you know it loads up, I'm going to put it on Podomatic, and then everybody's going to, be able to hear your conversation with me as well as get your information and then anybody else that, you know, is interested in music. Because I'm sure you have an international area too. Yeah. Uh, Japan or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that helps those people get to know what's going on over here as well. Plus, it gives me a lot of press because that's how the commercial radio was able to find me to get out there and be on the radio because they like what I do. So I always tell other hosts, you know, make it a good quality show, make sure you have good quality guests and great music and presentation and use that as an experience, of, you know, beginner's experience, and move on to the next level, you know, and that's exactly what we're doing, trying to evolve. So. And there's a lot There's a lot of, you know, I, I would really, there's a lot of stuff going on this afternoon, and I really apologize to your listeners you know, with the background noise and just different things like that. But I would really like to come back on the show, you know, within, say, a few weeks and bring, you know, two or three executives in the industry on with me. And, you know, we basically do a show with just a Q&A, you know, where maybe you moderate and, you know, can really get your listeners' questions answered just really about how to break into this industry. Oh, that is a, a great idea, and I'm very up for that. So you just work with me on the schedule, and we can do that. Okay, and, you know, I'll reach, like I said, I'll reach out, you know, to some of my um my friends in the industry, you know, Interscope, you know, just different places that can really come in and, you know, that have some 
the the track record, you know, like um for instance, you know, Troy Marshall who's, you know, the VP of black music over at Interscope right now. Just different people that really can come in and, you know, just inspire the listeners and really answer their questions about what it takes to make it in this business. Because there there are steps that should be taken. There are keys to success in the industry and there are ways to go about doing it and I mean, I can't think of anyone better to do it than the label executives that's actually signing checks right now. That's right. You know, I always tell people, I, I, take, I take artists to people that are signing checks, but <laughs> I have relationships with the people that are signing checks. So if you can get it from the people that signing the checks of exactly what they're looking for, that, you know, brings you that much closer. That's right. And now, of course, well, I do appreciate you coming in and talking with us, even with the background noise not bothering us, because we know that you're doing something, you know, powerful. So that's not a big deal. Um, you know, it would be different if it was like, you know, the dog barking or whatever. Because I've, I've had artists call in to sing on their show, you know, like a showcase, and they've had their animals in the background and they've had the kids screaming and hollering. And they're, you know, they're outside and there's like a fight going on. And I always say, yeah. if you want to... Your first impression is going to be important, so you have to make sure you have, you know, a good conversation, dialogue, grammar, <laughs> and you also need to have the background noise down to a minimum so that people can hear what you're trying to say or saying, you know, and that helps us. Um, yeah, I have sure. a question for you. In regards to, like, BET and MTV and VH1, and now other network channels are popping in in the music industry, like Bravo and stuff like that. What kind of relationship do those types of networks have with the music industry as you know, as far as like with reality shows? Um, does that prove to be successful for artists when they come in that way and then get to the label? It can it can be it can be a plus or it can be a negative and that's all in how you portray yourself when you're on these particular shows. And also, um, when it comes to video play, M T V and B E T I'm just going to be totally, totally, totally honest. It's all about payola. I mean, and I hate to say it like that, but that's the truth. Now, it's not the way it used to be. When we hear that word payola, we think of, you know, you meeting somebody in an alley, you know, already a record promoter with, you know, a bag full of cash. It's not like that, but there's things, There's it's, it's more or less a favorite thing now. You know, if, if, if you can get the the programmer at, say, BET, you know, you can get him and his wife, you know, a round-trip ticket to the Bahamas for a week with, in a five-star hotel and things like that, and just happen to slide that along with your video. Mm-hmm. I mean, the chances of you getting a video play is a lot greater than the person just, just sitting in that video and hoping to get it played. I mean, and unfortunately... Unfortunately, that's the state of our industry right now, and this is the reason why you have the music in the state that it's in. I mean, I really don't even listen to the radio that much myself anymore because everything is, and I won't say everything because there are some great artists out there, but a lot of the stuff is garbage. And that's simply because that person, and that's simply because that person has the money to spend in order to get their music and their videos where it needed to be. And, and you know, that's a great topic. Let's discuss that for a moment. 
uh, how is it that they get their music to monopolize the radio as opposed to an independent artist trying to send some good work over there to the radio station? Well, for one, let's let's I'll I'll use as an example, say a Saudi a, a Saudi who has you know Beyonce or what have you. Yeah. If if you as a new artist go and you sign with Sony, if they decide to promote your record and not shelf you, the chances of radio playing your music as a new artist is so much greater than an independent because what happens is they have the leverage of saying you either play this record and it does happen. You either play this record by our new artist, or we're not going to service you with, say, Beyonce. We're going to service the rival stations. We're going to give them the world exclusive. We're going to give them the summer jam performances. You know, we're going to give them the promotional interviews when the artist comes to town. That's the leverage that they have. And what happens is, as independents, because we want so bad to have all of nothing and still of a little of something, until we want work together. If we work together as independents, and let's say you have a hot artist, and I have Troy who's hot, and someone else has this artist who's hot, and someone else has this artist who's hot, then at that point, we become our own powerhouse, and we're able to monopolize the same way that the major labels are doing. Because you have to figure the industry is controlled by four labels, and one of those labels, which is universal, controls over 47% of the music that's on the radio right now. That's true. That is so true. One, have, one label, Interscope, Geffen, A&M, controls over 47% of music, and the rest is spread out between the other three majors and all of the independents, which is only 53%. You know, so like I said, that's the that's the biggest thing. And one of the advantages that we have now is because you don't need mortal distribution. You know, with the online distribution channels such as iTunes and things of that nature, you know, it's it's going back to um, I remember when I was younger and everything was about the forty five, the forty five, the single, the forty five. Well, now it's going back to that. The only difference is now it's about the one dollar download. That's right. It's not, it's you know, don't you don't have to concentrate on you don't have to concentrate on making a hit album anymore. Just concentrate on making a hit single and make sure that that single is so hot that it's going to blow up and hit the DJs first. You know, the clubs. You know, the DJs and the clubs and the record pools because radio wants to know that you're buzzing on the streets before they're gonna play your music, even if you're commercial. That is totally true because we come across a lot of um, DJs. They do ask us for new artists because they get the same stuff all the time and they kind of move it on. It's like recycling, you know. They or if you're, it, or if you have a buzz. No, I was just going to say, or if you have somewhat of a buzz, you know, a, a budget that you're working with, you know, get a get a hot DJ to host your mixtape because they already have a name. They're already getting their stuff played by their other DJ you know, friends, you know, get a part of the tastemakers and the core DJs and, you know, go to these conferences with your material and put it in the hands of the DJs because that's who's breaking records. And most club DJs, their goal is to become radio DJs. So you want to make those contacts. You know, I tell Troy, as well as my other artists all the time, don't, when you're doing shows with other up-and-coming artists, build relationships because, 
that's been proven by the Atlanta explosion with Usher and TLC and another vaccination and all these artists, outcasts, they all came up together. So what happens is if you're de- developing a relationship now, when you all, when all of you guys get to a certain point, you know, I'm on your record, you on my record, you know, you got Luda on Usher's record and Usher and Luda on Lil John record, you know, because the relationships was there before they made it. So now it's not about having to go through the record label for me to get my people on my project, you know. Spend the money if you have it. It, it makes more money for you to – it makes more sense for you to spend money on a featured artist that you're going to collaborate with on your project. And there are artists out there that sound scam artists that's not making a lot of money right now, but they're still sound scam artists so you can get them in the studio. Think about, you know, back in 94, people – that's why so many people have records with him. Tupac, $5,000. You can get Tupac to come in the studio and do a 16 on your project. You know, and there's artists out there right now that you can go to for things like hooks and things like that that's going to basically make people take more notice of your project. So it's not really so much you're spending the money on this artist as much as you're spending the money on what it's going to get you that you would normally be able to get. If there's a hot publication that you want to get in and you can't get in it, buy an advertisement and make the advertisement an interview with you. You know, so there's ways to go about really getting yourself out there and and going from there. To to go do press releases. uh, Yeah, press releases are great. Of a show, just do a press release so you don't know who's in the area. They might be able to come and just check you out. And if you, you know, you have your media kit together, you just make sure there's a link to that so that they can listen to what it is that you're going to be doing at the show. And then you got a lot of exposure right there. And also tell them, you know, build your fan base because the labels want to see that there's a lot of people that want to hear you and they like your music. You know, those exactly. people buy it. So, you know, build that fan base. Don't just jump out of the studio and go straight to the record label because you're going to get sent right back. You know, and always, you know, always know what's going on, you know, from the posters on Craigslist in the, you know, Gary's Water session. You'll be surprised the labels and the people that are actually on Craigslist these days looking for talent because it's free advertising. They don't have to spend any money. I mean, last week I was on the Internet and, you know, um, Eddie LaBert Jr. was on there. You know, he was looking for talent. So you'll be surprised. Um, what is um, Acon's company? Um, they were looking for talent on A-Con on Craigslist. So, excuse me. Acon actually had a contest on his website. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you know you you just gotta really when you say you want to come into this business, the grind is unlike anything else. You cannot look at it as a normal nine to five. It never stops. Even when you make it, it's harder to stay on top. And you can ask any artist that was there that's no longer there. It's harder to stay on top than it is to get there. Right. Now you know, it's a much, much bigger struggle to stay on top than it is to get there. I have a question in regards to um, uh, R&B music and age. Um, now that Simon Cowell, or whatever his name is, is um, from American Idol's leaving, and he's doing this new show, that's going to be for, um, you know, new new uh, artists that don't have any age limits or anything, you know. Yeah. 
what do you think about that? How would a person that's like say older than say twenty five and they're in the R and B genre, how would they manage in the business? Well, I'll say this. I'm a I'm a lover of music, which is why I'm in the industry, but the reality is commercial music it's very, very youth-oriented. It's just not no way around that. And while you do have people that come through the cracks, as example, Keith Washington, 32 years old when he had his first hit record. Keith Sweat was 28 when he had his first hit record with Make It Last Forever. Um, MC Hammer was in his late 20s when he first blew up. With You know, you can't touch it and all that. So it does happen. It does happen, but most people that's over the age of 25 that's still able to sell records are people that's been in the business that have made a comeback, such as your Charlie Wilsons and, you know, your Ron Isaacs, who basically reinvented themselves totally, even like R. Kelly. R. Kelly's almost 40. Matter of fact, R. Kelly is 40 now. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, R. Kelly is 40, but... I mean, he still, he came in the industry so young, and he still looks at as a young artist. You know, so so in my opinion, I mean, I think that's good for giving people the opportunity to live out their passion, but as far as a real career goal, as far as a real superstar status or even a real celebrity status, unless there's some drastic changes in the industry, it's not, it's, it's it's not very, very probable that you're going to get success as an artist past the age of 30. And that's really pushing it, considering the fact that, you know, you the industry is ran by, for one, most executives is under the age of 28 years old. I know. <laughs> so they can't even, so they can't even hear, they can't even, yeah, they can't even hear the kind of music that the average person was doing. Now, like someone like myself who's been in the industry, even though I'm I'm 38, but I've been in the industry since I was 12. So I can remember going to the record store to buy records. You know, I can remember real R&B music going in the studio when you were recording each individual instrument versus now all you need is phone tools. So because... The industry is ran by young people. It's really, really hard for someone that's not in their age bracket to even be able to break into it. I mean, you know, you could do the club thing and, you know, make a record and, you know, sell it online and sell it at your gigs and things like that. But, I mean, when you really start talking about the success of people like your Beyonce's and Keisha Cole's and, you know, all these types of people, just, you know, reality is, you know, without killing anyone's dream, the reality is it's just not the state of the industry right now. That's not saying it'll never be there, but right now that's just not the state of the industry. Now, can you give me an idea of the age group that uh, Universal is looking at, Universal and Atlantic? You know, 16, like to 20, 6, 16 to 24. And let me ask you this. If, if an artist, because I know some artists that have their own budget, and they do try to do their own promotion and all that, and they pay to get on the radio. Would that make it easier for them to get, you know, noticed by the the, the label? It, it 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 will, but again, a lot of times artists have budgets and they're wasting money because if you don't have the connections, even with the money, there's certain ways that you need to spend your money. I mean, I'll give you an example. If an artist has ten thousand dollars. 
What sense would it make for an artist that has no connection to go and use that $10,000 trying to break a record where they can come to someone like myself or even not even me, someone else that's capable of doing the same thing that can get them properly structured. They can take that same $10,000 and instead of using it to manufacture, they can use that $10,000 for marketing and promotion because they can set the company up where they can go get a a lot of credit to manufacture their products, so they're not spending money on that. They can go get a lot of credit for advertising, so they're not spending money on that. You know, so it's all even when you have a budget, spending your money in the right in the right places and making sure that the record you're spending on is really a hit. Secret. I mean, like I say, reality is a lot of times artists think they have a hit. You should at least have a hundred people to tell you that your record is a good record before you put a dime in it other than recording it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um, I do um, have a lot of people that do approach me. Um, now, what I like to do is just, you know, you and I are establishing a relationship. So I like to bring people to me first. I listen to them, review them. I try to give them some buzz and some play on my radio station, and then um, I can forward them to you. Exactly. Because, you know, we both know what we're looking for now, so it's not like I'm going to hand you somebody that's going to be a waste of time. Because, you know, I watch American Idol, too, and I don't know how half those people get through. But, um, exactly. Give me some advice in regards to my radio station. Since I'm starting the radio station in March, and it's mostly to promote independent artists, but I'm offering them promotional services as well outside of the radio play. Give me some advice on the best way to, you know, to be able to help them. The best way to help the the um, the artists. independent artists. Um, my advice is, and one thing about, you know, people in the industry or people that have a track record. We like to talk, you know. We like to share our experience with other people. I mean, you should at least once a week have someone, or even if it's just for a segment, you know, not even for the whole show, but just for a segment, someone on the show that actually has the experience in the business and maybe focus on one topic every week. That way it's going to keep the listeners as well as the artists always coming back. This week is publishing. Next week is A&R. Next week is um, label formation. And you always have someone on the show that specializes in that particular situation. The other thing is reaching out to some of the labels, not just the artists, but some of the labels that's looking for the promotion because that's going to bring a whole new status to the, the station as well. You know, and give you a whole different listening audience because it's a lot of independents out there that's breaking records that can't get on commercial radio. But you know, if they can get on your show and have their music played, who knows what's gonna, who's gonna hear them? That's right. Who knows what's gonna, who knows who's gonna hear it? You know, so I would think I'm the first non-college commercial radio station that's going to be able to promote artists in my area and. Because it's a, it'll be streamed live, everybody in the country, actually the world, can you know listen and hear it. So it's not just Philadelphia, New Jersey, and New York and um, Delaware area. Everybody will be able to hear it. Not to mention, you know, we will be doing live broadcasting with video on live stream and new stream. So you know, whenever we see those artists and they have shows and they don't have anybody to, to videotape them to send it to the label. We'll come out with our crew and video, okay. and we'll be able to send that out to you, so you can actually see what we're talking about when we want to promote somebody. 
So okay. you know, that is that is something that we thought would be very helpful because a lot of people don't have anything but little, you know, cell phones with cameras in it. And that's not exactly. good enough video. And you need and that's, we post it and viral it all over. So would you say that is gonna be helpful to them? That would be great. Definitely, it would be great and very helpful. Um, and also, um, did you get a chance to see um Troy's video for the song that you played? The actual video that we shot. No, I didn't. I'm going to look at it though, cause I have. Okay. To- well, the reason why I asked is because I mean the, the 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 video. I mean professional quality and everything. And we shot the video for less than five thousand dollars on location and everything with a director, the uh, storyboard, everything. You know, so. You can do a good video these days if you shoot in HD for, you know, five, no more than $10,000 that will be played on BET or MTV. So when art, I think that when artists start putting together a budget, they really need, don't just take your, you know, two or $3,000 and go press with some records because that's, that's cool, but it makes more sense to me if you have, if you have let's say you have $5,000. If you have $5,000, it makes more sense for me to me for you to go to a club or somewhere and book yourself and tell the club owner that you will let them have the bar and you want the door and then go and book someone like, say, a soldier boy or Keisha Cole or somebody like that to come and host, not to perform, but to come and host your performance. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to get a chance to perform in front of their fan base and prove yourself. And if you're good, you're good. If you're not, you're not. But you're going to get much more promotion from doing that and much more PR and much more, many more people are going to see you than if you take that same $5,000 and try to break a record because with $5,000 there's, there's no way to break a record these days. It's just not going to happen. I mean, you know, it, it, you may create a buzz, but it's it's really hard, and it takes it takes money. That's the that's the bottom line. It really, honestly, takes money. However, with a little bit of money, you can strategize and position yourself in a way where you can bring in the additional funding that you need. Because there's people out there that have money that all they want is to be a part of the industry, but they don't want to put their money into something if they don't at least feel that it's gonna make them money. Even if it doesn't, they want to feel that it's going to make them money. Right. And it, and some people get a little bit um, dis- distracted when they make a little money. They don't know how to manage it, and they and they don't have any more of a budget left because they did something else. Can you give uh, our listeners some advice on managing your money so that you can build that budget up for your career? Yeah, yeah uh, well, definitely. Um, right now, um, I do a lot of investing for people in what they call a Forex market. And that's basically foreign currency trading. Um, it's it's real intricate, so, I mean, we could really go on for a while to explain it. However, it's the same thing that the banks do. Um, they take your money, they trade it in foreign currency, and then they pay you 3 to 4% interest on something that they make 2 to 300% interest. Um, real estate, you hear that the real estate market is bad. However, it's bad for people to grow. If you have, especially in certain markets, if you have $10,000 that you're about to go put into a record, you should think twice before doing that when you can take that $10,000 and go find a REO or a foreclosure that's appraised at, say, 150000 that they want 80000 for. Go put that $10,000 down. 
wait for six months, refinance, pull the equity out. Now you have 50000 that you can put into your career. So, you know, just different strategies like that. Um, concert promotion with a, with a hot artist or a club promotion, you can never go wrong. You know, right. and the, the money that you make, you can make 100% or better profit on your money every time you do something. So, I mean, those are just some of the avenues that, I personally suggest to people if they have a little bit of money and they're trying to make it grow. Well, you know, that's a good thing that you brought that up because we in, integrate uh, promotions and the local clubs and we create events as well, too, because we like to have a larger audience and we also like to make sure that we're getting the right people in there. We invite, you know, the industry people to come and sit uh, and listen to our artists. And we think that that is a good move to make when we integrate that with the radio coverage and all the Internet marketing that we help with. And we also help with, you know, the image making because a lot of people, they do have some pictures that do need to be, you know, fixed up a little bit. And we try to give them an idea of, you know, what kind of image they're looking for. We also um, work with them on, you know, getting their publishing and all their copyrights taken care of because I know so many people that don't do that. And can you kind of tell them all about that poor man's copyright and how effective that is? Well, um, like, I really don't suggest it, and I'll explain to you why. Um, basically, the poor man's copyright is um, you basically put it in an envelope and you mail it back to yourself and you can prove that you wrote the composition or what have you before the date that's postmarked on the envelope. However, um, there's been some court cases that have ruled against it simply because people were steaming envelopes and putting something else in it. It actually happened with Michael Jackson with um, one of his songs, um, I think. I'm not for sure, but I believe that it was I Just Can't Stop Loving You, where someone actually did the poor man's copyright, to, and they tried to file a lawsuit and win, and it turned out once they did the, um, you know, they they able to check everything these days, that the envelope had actually been steamed open and the composition had been put in after the song had already been registered by Michael and Saida Garrett. So it's not as effective as it used to be. Um, I tell people for what it costs to copyright, it doesn't make sense to even go. Yes, it doesn't even. And you can copyright more than one song as a songbook or as a catalog at one, as long as you're doing it at one time and cover all of those those songs, so it it really doesn't make sense to go that route. Um, the one thing that you can do if you're going to go that route, but then again, you're spending ten to fifteen dollars for that, so it's starting to add up. If you can go once you come out the studio and finish the composition before you start sending out to people, you can go to a notary that the notary will verify the contents, and you will fill the envelope in front of them and then send it back to yourself. Oh, okay, so if they you get know, exactly. But again, you know, I really suggest people just just going on and registering a song with the Library of Congress because, for one, I mean, if you're dealing, what that's one of the first things I'm going to ask you before I even listen to anything from you is if your material is copyrighted. You know, that's one of the first things before I start working with an artist as far as management or anything. You know, one of my requirements is that they go get a book by Donald Passman, who's one of the top music business executives, called Everything You Need to Know About the Music Business, and read that book from cover to cover. 
because I don't like working with artists if you don't have an interest in the business because if you don't really have an interest in the business, it's real easy for other people to get in your ear and tell you that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But once you have a true understanding of the business yourself or even somewhat of an understanding of the business yourself, when that happens, you're like, oh, no, I know it's like this, 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 this myself because I know. So now even when it comes to getting the – and that's something I want to touch on really, really, really quickly. Entertainment attorneys. I have two of the top entertainment attorneys in the business. They've done everything from Puffy to, I mean, Mary J. Blige, everybody. But I still say that I will never retain an attorney to go and shop a deal for me with a label if I don't already know what I want and all that attorney is doing is going in to seal the deal. And the reason why is because let's say a Paul Marshall, for instance, who's open to be your attorney as an artist. He's one of Mary J.'s attorneys. Um, He's also been an attorney for every major label. Mm -hmm. So if you have him going in to negotiate a deal for you, although he's not going in with a conflict of interest, it really is a conflict of interest simply because this is one deal that he's doing for you compared to his friend that he golfed with every other week that he's done 20, 30 deals a year for. So whose interest do you think that he's going to have at hand, yours or theirs? He's going to have the label's interest at hand. It's going to appear to you as an artist that you're getting a good deal, but in actuality, you know, the deal is actually favoring the label very much so because that's who he's really working for, not for you. And I say that with all due respect to some of the best entertainment attorneys in the business, but it's just that's just common business knowledge. Right. Well, I I just feel like you have given us so much helpful information, and I do want to schedule you to come back on the show um, accompanied by other industry professionals that can give our people more of an insight as well, and we can set up um, a two-hour uh, Q&A if you guys have the moment for that. And we'll have okay. it open so that people can ask the questions, and we'll set up the uh, calls so they can do that as well. Um, Definitely. Would like to ask you to make sure that you go to my website, which is at um, www.wmznindieradio.com, and make sure you sign up on there. It is free, um, and put your profile information in there so that people know to come to you for those uh, answers to the questions they have. Okay. And you could also make sure you you know do the promotion for your artist um, because we're going to have them listed on there as well.
Ladies and gentlemen, that was Kevin Nelson, and I appreciate him coming in and giving us that wealth of information. I think that was just the best information anyone could have to be able to know more about this industry. As people probably told you in the past, it is not an easy thing to do, but if you have the passion and the desire and you know the patience, you can actually be successful, but you have to listen to people on the outside give you you know, critical uh, information about it. If they say it doesn't sound right, you know, don't jump in their throat about it. Um, it. You just have to take that as a grain of salt because sometimes that's not what they're looking for or that's not the right thing to put out right now. But you can always go back to the drawing board and keep on making great music. Now, we have uh, artists that we talk to that, you know, they've been in the game for a long time and we have people that are new that are having a stroke of luck. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be you know, something that happens forever. Now, I'm going to uh, play a song by one of our artists that was a guest here, Zutan. Um, they're uh, a New Jersey R&B group, and they're really great singers. They harmonize. Uh, I will put them up there with Voice and Men and 102 and a bunch of other guys because they have this great R&B quality that brings back memories of the way it's supposed to sound when you're doing something harmonious like that. They're having just the hardest time with anybody who's just getting started in the business. Um, but, you know, they've been on MTV. They've worked with BET on the college tour, and they've been on the Monique show. But they still have challenges. So I'm going to play a song from them and let you get a taste of how they sound. And um, we're going to cover some other songs as well. But we're going to talk some more about how you can get some promotion coming to MGN Indie Radio and especially um, here on Blog Talk, and especially on WNWR AM Radio 1540, where you'll be able to hear us um, in the evening starting in March from uh, 6 p.m. to 8.30 or 9 p.m. Um, we're going to put our schedule up on the website at radio. Dot ning.com, and I'll be happy to, you know, give you more information, get your music on there, but you're going to have to, you know, come to us to get that help because we don't even know you're there if you don't come get the help. So let me go ahead and put on Dupon, and uh, we'll be back in a moment.
some time Do the whole thing and never trace a line nope. I saw the whole picture, it was painted well My whole fam walked through the flames of hell I never do talk about what happened much And when I do, it's probably when I crack the Dutch I sit back, wait until the Indo hits you uh-huh. Then I reminisce about the shit I've been through yeah. Shit I'm into, the things I got straight The feeling that I get when I'm in front of a hot plate Getting locked up with some critical news Changed everything I thought about political views A couple little things that I probably can't let be Probably can't chill to the day that you set free Know it looks like I don't fucking care yeah. But I'm crying inside cause you stuck in there Yeah, I'm self-reduced Trying to do what I can do to get up out of the news Feel like the world is around my neck Gotta blow up quick, put them all in check Yep, I'm self-reduced Trying to do what I can do to get up out of the news Feel like the world is around my neck Gotta blow up quick, put them all in check Yep
was Troy Man again. Troy Man, that old boy, he's going to be out there. Y'all better go ahead and um, represent and get some listens in on him. He'll be a guest on the show next week. Uh, I believe I'm going to have him on there next Thursday if his schedule permits, and as well as a, a few other artists. And uh, don't forget, Kevin Nelson will be returning with some um, established music industry uh, executives to give us more information on what we need to do if we want to get into the industry. And we're going to do a Q&A. You're all welcome to come in for that two-hour Q&A. I will advertise it all over the place for instant out press releases, so you can't miss the information in the date. And you're welcome to call in or join the chat room so that you can ask whatever questions you have. His information will also be posted at the website at www.wmzndieradio.maining.com. And I'll be happy to uh, have anybody join there if you're an artist and set up your profile so we can get you featured. And then uh, our our industry professionals will be able to see on the site, you know, what you are doing and, and what your music sounds like. They may not be listed as members because they don't want a whole lot of people sending them emails and things like that, but they will be on the uh, page and they will be checking us out. They'll also be listening in our radio show here as well as uh, the radio show playing in Philadelphia. So we're going to put on another song. we got about six minutes left. And going to put on a, a group that does Christian rap. Their name is Youngtown, and they're managed by my good friend J.D. the DJ, and uh, I will be able to get him on the show uh, in a couple of weeks as well as Youngtown and his artists so that you can hear more about what their experiences are. So here is Dreams Come True. This is the Internal Lullaby Mixtape, brought to you by Youngtown and Jukebox Productions. Keep it locked right here. For more information about Youngtown, visit myspace.com forward slash Youngtown Music. That's Y-U-N-G. Me and my weakness is aging. They know my weak soul is eagerly aching. How do these 
Cookie free in the matrix, the past is abducted, injected, corrupted, adjust when the presence abruptly will crush them. The future reveals this where the music is functioning. To move it, to fluently pursue in the bloodstream. Memories are changed, thoughts never fade. Words only stray, so they come back and play. You don't have to relive them, don't get trapped in a vision of the past. Cause that only brings back what you pay. Collection of the heart, only sins and negation. Inspiration and fight incision, oasis. Decisions replaced with the past, only faded. Keep on running and don't collapse with the hatred. Fly through the sky, soar through the night, clap on my side, tears in my eyes, life at a prime, time of my life, take a deep breath now, free your mind, dive, swim through the stars, free fall through the air, hold on to your heart, as the city lights grow brighter through the lids of your eyes, know that dreams come to 